Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Matt Demas here, and welcome to episode 7 of the Matt Demas Unleashed podcast. Whew, here we are. New year, new me, or whatever other bullshit these sociopaths, some of these sociopaths want to tell themselves before they go back to being the same assholes they've always been. But, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's kind of weird that I, 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 I didn't imagine that I would, um, see in the new, uh, decade with talks of World War Three. I mean, Jesus Christ. Everyone's fucking memeing this World War Three shit, and it's just making me just not give a fuck at this point. I'm my energy levels are so low after reading all this shit. Same with people fucking cracking jokes about the Australian bushfires. Yeah, let's make fun of fucking like twenty plus people dying and hundreds of homes being burned down. Yeah, let's fuck. That's a perfectly acceptable form of um. Uh, social interaction between one another online, you know, that's just fucking fantastic. Anyway, I'm not even gonna bother touching on this shit, I just cannot be fucked. But, um, one thing I will, uh, touch on for the majority of this podcast will be something called, um, professional wrestling. Wrestling. Or more specifically, um, uh, WWE's Attitude Era, uh, wrestling stuff that happened which is arguably the best era period in WWE's history. Well, actually, professional wrestling in general was really good in the late 90s. Um, just so much shit was happening. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll always respect the 80s and all that, but let's be real. Throughout the mid-90s, shit was getting really stale really quick. And so basically what, they, what WWE had to do was um, change their format and go into a more edgy direction. Because, I mean, it was, you know, during the late 90s, everything was starting to go into a new direction. Like, you know, had the rise of anime being popular, you had the whole tsunami thing, everyone trying to get, have a bigger attitude. And, you know, in, in, in the um, music business, you know, all these rappers coming out and releasing these insanely um, explicit albums and... You know, in general, the world was starting to change. There was a cultural revolution going on, and what, well, what WWF at the time wanted to do was um, get with the times, more or less. I mean, Vince McMahon, you know, I mean, he made a promo in like late '97 saying that he was rolling out this new format, and um, some, some of you could see some of this format starting to be rolled out a little bit, a lot earlier than that. Uh, for example, um, well, actually, a lot of fans have argued when the what was the exact moment the Attitude Era started, and you know, people were saying it's when it was after WrestleMania. I think it was thirteen. It was uh, where um, Stone Cold made um, got um, busted open and sharpshooted into unconsciousness by Bret Hart. Uh, some people say it was the whole Brian Pillman's got a gun thing. Some say it's when Bret Hart went up and started cussing like a sailor. You know, this is bullshit. Goddamn. Um, some people say it was when the logo got changed at Survivor Series 97. I think it was. I think that was the first time they used the new Scratch logo. But, you know, for me, it's the Attitude Era started... Um, I would say it really started after WrestleMania 13 when um, when Austin was really starting to grip onto his uh, Stone Cold character and really start, you know, getting into people's faces, yelling at them, cussing, you know, and, and doing crazy shit like throwing the, internet, the Intercontinental belt over a bridge, you know. 
<laughs> you know, that sort of shit. When things started to really, like, get crazy, you know, when Kane got introduced, when The Undertaker was doing his whole, um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think he was doing it. I think he, oh, the, the crazy shit Undertaker was doing was the next year in late 98 with the whole uh, uh, embalming Stone Cold. I mean, Jesus Christ, that shit still terrifies me whenever I go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. That that ra the attitude the, the rabbit hole of the attitude era man it, it goes deep it goes really deep <laughs> and I, I I won't be I'm not afraid to admit this but I do feel like they did go too far on numerous occasions when it came to um taste for example I don't think the the whole um you know the, like with the setting the quote unquote dead bodies on fire or joke slam or whatever happened with Kane where he got choke slammed into his mother's coffin or something with the bones poking out and worms all over and i'm like yeah nah i don't think that was <laughs> that was necessary but i'm not saying i i got an issue with it but imagine being a little kid and seeing that it's like ugh, you know it's i do think that was a little bit too far but i don't think they really knew what i i, I do feel like they pushed the envelope just to push it so, you know, they tried the most outrageous shit they could when they started. <laughs> but, yeah, like, in late 97, the format, when the format was just starting to kick in, it did still feel really shaky. Like, the production, it felt really, like, raw. Like, you know how wrestlers would come in, like, a little, the, the splash screen uh, titling their name and everything would just appear and then disappear. I mean, uh, throughout the next year and the year after, 99, uh, you know, raw felt... They really um, got the hang of it and and did like fade in, fade outs for wrestler title name um, cards or whatever they're called. And yeah, the production definitely got a little bit better than it was. But yeah, '98 was such an odd year for uh, wrestling in WWE. There was just it just felt really it did feel kind of shaky just a little bit. I mean, they were rolling out so much all of these uh, new gimmicks. And all these uh, crazy uh, storylines. And uh, the wrestlers were, like, still acting the way they did the, the previous year. So, like, you know, you didn't have, like, really good, like, catchphrases. I mean, The Rock's mic work in 98 wasn't really the best until later that year where he really started to get the hang of it and started to bring out the, you know, jabroni gonna turn that sideways and all that shit. I feel like in early 99, I think that's when WWF really started to grasp on what they wanted to re really get the hang of the new format. And all those roars from late 98, 99, they just felt so tight. Like, you know, you see all the bright colors of the arena, the red and the white and the, you know, it just felt so visually pleasing to look at. And, you know, it just felt really tightly written. And I feel like they really, uh, you know, so... It, I don't know, I just really enjoy watching it, like, especially the late 98 stuff and the 99 stuff. 2000 stuff, I, I believe, had some of the best pay-per-views ever. <laughs> I mean, I you know, because when I was a kid, you know, I grew up watching... Well, I didn't really know much about wrestling back in 2000. Um, I think I did watch some stuff here and there. Like, my next-door neighbors were huge wrestling fans back then, and... I I initially learned about WWF from them, like they were they were saying, "Hey man, check this out." 
and you know because i was in the pokemon and gaming at the time i was wasn't really trying to well i did have cable tv i did get glances of the wrestling stuff that was going on but i didn't really pay attention to it but when my next door neighbors introduced it to me they're like hey man check this out it's wrestling i'm like oh and he showed me uh i think it was um it was a raw episode where right to censor came out and they got they tombstone China, I think it was, or something. They spiked tombstone her or something. I don't know what they pile drived her and broke her neck. <laughs> and then I, they said to me, "This is it's not. Don't worry, man. It's not real. It's all scripted." And I'm like, "Um, so it's not real. They're not really hurting themselves." And the, and he said to me, "Nah, it's all fake." And then um, I sat down there and watched a couple of episodes, and then I saw a flashback of the 1998 King of the Ring where mankind got thrown off the top of the Hell in the Soul by The Undertaker. And I'm like, is that not real as well? <laughs> you know? <laughs> From what I heard, he actually dislocated his shoulder, bruised his kidney, and all sorts of shit. So, you know, it's like... And so he explained to me, yes, there is, you know, there are obvious serious risks involved because they do give warnings before each episode that do not try this at home, blah, blah, blah. And... Well, that's what they were doing when they were rolling out a new format. They were touting the wrestlers as genuine athletes, which they are. And it wasn't really called professional wrestling anymore. It was called sports entertainment. And it makes sense. I mean, it's it's really just sports entertainment. It's just people... It's like watching a movie. That's what that's what I felt like when I was watching it. I'm like, man, this is so. I mean, it's like soap opera cheesy bull, levels of bull, of. It's like soap opera levels of cheese, but it, it, it like captivates you. You can't stop looking at the wrestlers when they're cutting promos. You're just completely fixated on them. It's so captivating, and even going back and watching like the Attitude Era stuff now, I still feel like it's really captivating, and you know, it's. I just don't think wrestling could ever be like this ever again. I think when as soon as they went from the ruthless aggression era to the PG stuff, I kind of feel like it did lose its shimmer. Uh, WWE did lose the shimmer. A lot of people argue as soon as WWF changed their logo to WWE or whatever, that's when the Attitude Era ended. Or um, I think when uh, WrestleMania 17 is arguably when it ended as well, when Stone Cold um, turned heel. And, uh, well, I mean, he was already kind of a heel. He was like half face, half heel, if, if, if you can believe that <laughs> in some, like he was over a heel early on as well, which is hilarious. And they just slowly turned him into a good guy, like an anti-hero. And it's just amazing how they managed to pull that off. But yeah, but like, yeah, like as soon as Stone Cold shook hands with Vince, everyone was like, all right, that's the end of the era. And I would somewhat agree with that, although the wrestling format, like, the way the show was presented was still pretty tight in 2001, and even 2002, I actually really enjoyed watching that stuff, because that's about when I started to really get into it, where it used to be on TV a lot, um, and, you know, I, you know, I played the wrestling games, WWF No Mercy, which came out in two, late 2000, but I still like playing that all the way to 2003, 4, 5, you know, it was a great game. And the, the, playing the game so much when I was a kid and not really watching much of the product itself, it really just got me uh, fixated on the stuff that happened around 2000 because I was so used to the gimmicks from that era. So I used to always go back and watch the 2000 Raws and always, and you know, see right to censor, see the Godfather hose come out, uh, Too Cool doing their dances and all that. You know, it's just... It was a good time for wrestling, man. It was it was just people having a good time, you know. It's just they were just having a, they were having really good fun with it, and you know, as as insane as the Attitude Era got, and 
and there are some instances where I feel like they went too far, like when The Rock was hitting mankind over the head with the chair like 20 times during that I Quit match at the Royal Rumble, I think it was, 1999. Yeah, I, I don't think that was necessary, but, I mean, people look back at that match with fondness as well as um, horror, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, you know, there's not really much you can do to change that. It happened. We just have to accept it. And, yeah, I, I do feel like they did go too far when it came to stuff like that. And, you know, it's with the whole setting people on fire thing, it's like, oh, all right, let's settle down a little bit here. But, you know, I mean, people liked it. I mean, the fans ate it up back then. You know, you, you look at these old videos of um, WWF from, like, 99, it's like a sea of friggin' signs in the crowd. Like, you don't even see that shit anymore, you know? And it's all a flashbulb from all those cameras with the, the flashbulb things. Like, when wrestlers used to do moves, it used to be the sea of friggin' flashbulb. You know, every time someone did, like, a finisher, it was like, woof, just lit up like a Christmas tree. I, I love I, I love watching that shit. It's so satisfying. Um, you just don't see it anymore. Everyone's even got the camera phones or, you know, it's just... The crowds just feel so dead nowadays. And, uh, you know, WWE is a product is, is a pretty embarrassing stuff. And I think... <laughs> you know, one of the reasons why these other promos are starting to rise up is just because of that fact. I mean, AEW right now is is starting to rival, you know, NXT in terms of ratings, which is hilarious. So, you know, maybe uh, this might be the Monday Night Wars all over again. Because that that's the thing that happened in, like, 1996, 97, 98. There was, this, there was a war between WCW and WWF for ratings. And during 96 or 95, WWF's ratings were just plummeting. So Vince took it upon himself to talk to his creative and be like, all right, guys, we need to amp things up a little bit, give wrestlers a bit of attitude. I remember Shawn Michaels saying something like that. Hey, hey, let's give it a little bit more attitude in like September 97. He said that to one of the wrestlers, I think, backstage. And I, I'd say that's officially when the Attitude Era started, when like, they were like, yeah, we need to add some attitude and, and whatnot. And, but, um, yeah, I, I do feel like, you know, because 97 is such a, an interesting year because there is glimpses of the Attitude Era elements there, you know, as early as, like, the early 97, like, with Bret Hart swearing uncensored on, you know, live. And, like, you know, the Stone Cold and Bret Hart feud was so intense. Like, they were just going at each other. Um, and, like, uh, you know, the the the... the like the storylines were just getting more and more um uh out there <laughs> like with brian pillman the born again christian stuff and just oh my god being the he was the original uh lunatic fringe honestly he was basically um just a crazy guy um you know he 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 played such he he played a great crazy person and it's sad that he died because he was a, he was very good on the mic you know it's yeah and I mean, as great as the Attitude Era was, there was a lot of great people that ended up passing away during that time. Like, you know, Owen Hart tragically died, um, falling, like, a very high uh, high height um, onto... From, I think he was supposed to fly in to the arena, into the ring, and he fell off the, the thing that was holding him up, and he, he just died instantly. And that sucks. Everyone... I mean... I think at the time, Owen wasn't really over that much because, I mean, well, like, when it came, <laughs> I mean, professionally, because everyone used to call him, nah, call him a nugget 
<laughs> you know, just chant nugget, nugget. And, you know, that was funny, but um, I noticed as soon as Owen Hart passed away, everyone just instantly, um, you know, mourned him and, and showed their respect towards him. So obviously when they were chanting nugget, they meant it with love. <laughs> so, you know, that that's the... Uh, that's the thing with wrestling in general. Um, you know, people don't really hate wrestlers. The, you know, it's just the it's just it's just the way things go with professional wrestling. You've got a heel and you're supposed to boo him. You got a face and you're supposed to cheer him. That's just the way it is, you know. And um, it's uh, you know, it's that's just the way things went back then. And and you know, when wrest when your favorite wrestler dies or even your most hated wrestler dies you just feel really upset about it and you know a lot of fans were really torn up about that and i i still kind of am even though i wasn't really watching when he died um he, he was very he was a great technician in the ring very very talented um made a few mistakes yeah i mean he broke stone cold's neck for fuck's sake but you know he was a great guy great wrestler and sucks he died but you know it that's here's the thing though um, with the whole attitude era, you know, it, I, as when, when, when Vince was rolling out his new format, I do kind of find like he had to take, still take some, 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 make some sacrifices to get past the senses. But for the most part, they kind of did just go all out with, um, the most outrageous stuff they could think of, like the blow up dolls that, that, um, Road Dog and Billy Gunn would bring out and, uh, you know, the, the suck it thing with DX, you know, it's still one of my favorite, um, uh, taunts in the history of the WWE, <laughs> just the, the two hands in front of your crutch, suck it, you know, it's amazing, I used to, whether, well, one or two times, uh, WWE ever came to Australia, uh, I used, I think I, I went with, I went to a show with one of my friends, I was only like 15 years old at the time, this was like early 2005, I think, I think this was just before ECW One Night Stand happened, I think. And, um, I, you know, I watched a couple of wrestlers. I think it was Tommy Dreamer. Actually, Tommy Dreamer's come to Brisbane, like, a lot, uh, recently, which is interesting. He brought, like, his, um, thing that was, like, a wrestling thing or whatever. And Yeah, you know, it's, um, I always felt like that these guys were just really, really good at what they did. They just made it look so easy. And, you know, I wanted to, when I left high school, I actually wanted to be a wrestler. I was like, hey, you know, I gotta, I want to go to a school, go to a, go to like a AWA or something and, and go into developmental and like, you know, be a, uh, see if I can't get a job as a jobber. And I did do a couple of matches as a dark matches. Yeah. But, um, it wasn't really for me. I just could not... S <laughs> Trying to sell a DDT isn't as easy as you think it is. Um, or a, uh... I mean, the easiest bump in the world that you can do is a back bump. It's so simple. You just land on your back. <laughs> That's it. It's when you start... It's, it's, when, it's when it comes to the pile drivers and all that, where things can get messy and, you, and you know, there's risk of serious injury... And it kind of just crossed my mind, and I'm like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to risk serious injury? You know, I, I should just leave it to the people that um can, you know, that that can do that to themselves. You know, I, I don't know if I could uh, I don't know if I could see myself, you know, doing something like that, or you know, and 
I don't know. It just wasn't my. It just wasn't my thing. You know, I, I just it just wasn't happening with me. And but yeah, I still I was still a fan of wrestling. I still I was still a huge follower of wrestling throughout like two thousand six seven. But I guess I kind of fell off in two thousand seven. I just stopped watching. I believe. Because I think ECW was doing like a merger and it was like, eh. Well, I wasn't really too interested in it, but I did like um, those matches with like, uh, what's his name? Big Daddy V, Viscera. I used to love watching his matches because he was so freaking massive. You know, he, he was huge. <laughs> and like, whenever he used to like just hit people, his whole body used to just ripple and it was so satisfying to look at. Um,. But yeah, speaking of Viscera, he was one of my favorite wrestlers, believe it or not, um, from No Mercy. I really liked his theme song. I used to like watching his matches just to hear his theme song, like the whole, um, it's kind of like hip hop mixed with like gothic kind of vibes. It was pretty sweet. But apparently, here's the thing with Mabel Viscera, whatever you want to call him. Um, I think the reason why he didn't get pushed that much during the Attitude Era is because he did some legit injuries to people and a lot of people didn't appreciate that. Um, apparently he was bad at protecting people. Uh, at least that's what, um, I've heard from some interviews and, 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 uh, Viscera himself, when he did that shoot interview back in 2009, he said, yeah, basically he got punished, uh, for hurting the Undertaker and the Undertaker had to wear that, um, phantom mask or whatever. Cause he broke, cause Viscera broke his uh, orbital bone, um, during, uh, I think it was a, a house match. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, the wrestling business was very cutthroat back then. I mean, if you couldn't, if you couldn't cut the mustard, then, you know, you got pushed back, you got buried. There was nothing you could do. You know, the announcers would just completely ignore you and that was the end of your career. Um, but at the same time, it was one big brotherhood. You know, all these guys were friends, you know, well, most of them anyway. I mean, some people had heat backstage, um, you know, it, that's just the way it was. I don't know if it was, if, if the heat was just for fun and games, it was just, you know, just fucking around trolling. But I think some people legitimately didn't like each other in the locker room. So, you know, there was always that, that would, <laughs> that thing to, uh, factor into it. Um, you know, not just having heel heat, but actual like shoot heat, <laughs> you know, it's completely different and it can really fuck with your career and bury you pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, look, look. I'm not trying to say that today's WWE is like just like the fucking worst thing in the universe. But I don't know. I just can't get into it. I, you know, I watched this new storyline with whatever his name is, like cheating on his girl, whatever. It's like, guys, come on. This is fucking awful. You know, the storylines now are just so terrible. I mean, it's good to see the Fiend is back. Uh, Bray Wyatt's back as the Fiend. That's pretty sweet, but. You know, I, I'm just not feeling it, you know, and the, I mean, the way that King and JR sold matches, the way they announced called matches was just so good. Like, whenever you'd, some, whenever Kane would come out, JR would be like, Oh, Hellfire, Prince Tom, it's Kane, Big Ray Machine, you know, he'd just have a freaking orgasm. And, you know, nowadays, announcers just fucking just bellow out and shout and just be like, Oh, he's got a punch, I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same as, like, you know, um... And JR was such a good announcer, like, it was just his voice, you know, it just worked, like, he was just the, the Oklahoma guy, you know, the southerner, you know, being like, 
oh, it's like a whole line from hell. You know, it, it just worked. You know, it just worked. It, it fit the vibe, you know, and it was, <laughs> it's hard to explain. But it's one of the reasons why everyone considers Jim Ross the best commentator period in wrestling just because of the way he used to just make these legendary calls, like seemingly some of the stuff he would actually just improvise, which is hilarious. Um, like for God's sakes, he's broken in half thing. I I think Jim actually went on the record saying he legitimately thought Mick was Mick Foley was dead. Um, it must have been pretty scary. Um, but you know, it's like. I just loved JR's authenticity, you know, like, he just, he would, he would constantly go off the script, you know, and, and be like, you know, seriously, guys, we need to get some help out here, and whatnot, you know, it was just amazing, it was magical, and it, it just clicked with everyone, like, the Attitude Era just exploded, and it really fit in line with the whole cultural revolution that was going on, you know, everything was getting edgier, you know, had the rise of anime, you know, Pokemon, all this stuff that was coming out, you know, you had music was getting more, like, brutal, like, you know, and, like, rap music, I mean, people were starting to develop more of an attitude, like, you know, you had Eminem putting out Slim Shady LP and all that, and in general, the world was starting to get a little bit more, um, you know, hip, in a way, if that's why this, you know, people were starting to get a little bit more, you know, new school and just, you know, a little bit of a, have more rebellion, the people in general were starting to rebel against society and whatnot, and it was a fun time, and, and it meant that people could do whatever they want without, with little to no consequence at the time anyway, I mean, the late 90s were definitely a different time. You could not get away with half the shit they did today. There's no way. I mean, with DX, like with the whole fucking Triple H and, and uh, uh, X-Pac and full-on blackface and Triple H with an afro, you know, making fun of the nation. You could not do that today. If if a wrestler dressed up in blackface on WWE TV, there would be riots, there would be cancellations, the show would get taken off the air, it would be just chaos. You could not do that shit today. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why I do feel like people think today's product is just stale, boring, and it's just, you know. And it, it really does reflect. I mean, if you look at the new uh, video game, WWE 2K20, they didn't give a single fuck. <laughs> like, the game is a complete mess. The state of the brand in general is crumbling, you know. And AEW might be what they need to get creative, to be like, alright, let's stop fucking around, and let's, like, you know, try to make some money here, we're losing attendance, you know, people aren't showing up to events, you know, we're losing merchandise sales, what the fuck is going on, I'll tell you what's going on, you guys need to bring back the attitude, get in touch with the youth, and stop fucking doing these ridiculous storylines that nobody wants to see, you know, be more natural, you know, just, and, you know, people say to me, like, oh, Matt, they'll lose sponsors if, if they go back into a more, um, if they go back to TB14 or whatever they had before. But here's the thing. If people notice that they're attempting to change their format again, I guarantee you the vast majority of wrestling fans will swarm back to WWE. Um, I don't think they would lose much money if they lost sponsors. The people would just be like, alright, we're going back to the late 90s, let's do it, you know, and I, at least that's what I think, 
I don't know for certain that's what would happen, but I don't think it would be a, a, a bad reaction. Um, people would obviously notice it and be like, holy fuck, they're going back to the, the bringing back some TV 14 shit, you know? And I don't know why they just don't have a, you know, I mean, they've got like SmackDown, they've got NXT, they've got Raw, they've got all these other shows. I don't know why they, you know, if they, if they didn't want to piss off sponsors for Raw and SmackDown, why didn't WWE just make a new show where it was like TV 14, you know? And just call it, like, WWE, uh, I don't know, something edgy, like, uh, WWE, uh, Extreme or something like that. <laughs> I don't know, it's just, it's just, you know, you gotta be able to cater to everyone. There's guys like me that are used to the, the Attitude Era stuff, and we're sitting here just face palming at this bullshit that, that is, um, you know, raw, free, these free hour roars, you know, there's segments from like 98, 99 that, that go for about two minutes and they're about a million times better than entire free hour roars that I've seen last year. You know, that just, that just shows you how low the, the, the company has sunk in terms of the quality of their product. And look, I'm not here to bury the WWE. I respect them as a brand, as a company. They do good work. They pay the payouts are good, you know. They, they a lot of the wrestlers that work on on the brand for the company they make at least you know six figures. You know, I don't think there's anyone that makes less than six figures, although there could be. But like a lot of people get paid a lot of money, so it's it, it, it WWF he used to be like the king of the castle. He used to be like the ultimate, you know, wrestling promo. You know, it was number one. And I don't feel like it's that number one anymore. I mean, maybe financially it is, but creatively, no way in hell. There's so many other promos that do much better storytelling, much better wrestling. That's just the way it is. It's a sad fact. And I don't know. I mean, I've watched so many documentaries on the Attitude Era. I've read um, Mick Foley's, or, or I've heard Mick Foley's um, audiobook, uh, Have a Nice Day, countless times. Uh, he's had such an incredible career, like, you know, putting himself through such torment just to entertain people. It's just, wow. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible stuff. And, you know, I do find wrestling fascinating. I've always loved it, but I do feel like the current product just isn't cutting the mustard. You know, as Vince McMahon said, you know, the whole good goes versus bad goes thing. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, it's definitely pass A. And I gotta say to Vince now, I gotta tell you what, these fucking bullshit storyline storylines that you've got going on now are definitely passe. About fifteen years passe. Um but you know. That's just my opinion. I mean, if you like the new wrestling, good for you. I mean it's not it's not it's it's not freaking repulsively awful. But I, I'm just not feeling it, you know. Myself and a lot of others feel the same way, so it's not like this is a, a, much of a hot take. <laughs> it's just the you know it's it's quite a uh, relatable sentiment, unfortunately. But that's just the way it is. Wow, that was I could go on forever talking about wrestling. Like I, you know, it's it's always been something that I've been a fan of. You know, I've, I've always appreciated the art, the craft, and. You know, it just sucks that WWE is nowhere near as good as it used to be. But there are other promos that are attempting to recapture that magic, like AEW. And actually, JR is doing commentary on AEW, which is hilarious. 
Um, so it's more reason why I tune into that rather than watching Raw. I just really just do not give a shit about Raw at this point. You know, it's just, oh my god, it, it's 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 hard to explain my disappointment, but it's not like visceral hatred. Like I don't hate WWE's product to the point where I'll like just read about it forever and ever. But I don't know, it's just not doing nothing for me. But yeah, you know, it's. I'll tell you what, though, man. When I when I went, so I, I you know I went back and well, recently I went back and um watched a, a whole bunch of the old school stuff, the '97 stuff, '98 stuff, '99 stuff, and I did notice that The Rock was really starting to grasp onto his character in the early in early '99 when he was starting to do like the whole Rudy Poo thing. You know, it did take them a while for them to really um. Uh, get the new format down pat because throughout lots of early 98 it did feel really shaky i mean they were trying the whole nwa thing and it's like yeah no it's seeing barry windham in the terrible shape he was was kind of depressing (laughs) he had to wear a vest to cover up his belly i mean jesus christ um but uh it's funny because while barry windham got buried uh, Bradshaw ended up getting over as part of the Acolytes and APA, so... And now JBL is, like, celebrated as a huge success. Um, so, you know, there you go. It's it's weird how that happens, though. It's also depressing to see, like, wrestlers that are not bad wrestlers get buried like that, because Barry Windham was a great wrestler. Like, a great wrestler. I just felt like Bradshaw just had more charisma, you know? He just had the it factor. He, you know, he had the... He had, you know, he had it, and he just, it just worked out for him pretty well. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, then the whole nation thing with Farouk and all that, I didn't like that. But, you know, it was a terrible heel stable, but it was also a very important one, because if it wasn't for the nation, The Rock wouldn't have, wouldn't have become who he is. Um, a lot of people say that Farouk is the person that birthed The Rock, and I would agree with that. But I do feel like there are other factors as well, obviously, but... Yeah, The Nation was a shit stable, I didn't really like it, but it was important. Um, a lot of those wrestlers from that stable ended up with great careers. Um, Mark Henry, he made a big comeback, you know, uh, in recent years, and, uh... You know, uh, what's his name? I don't. I didn't really hear much of D'Lo Brown, but he did get over, which is funny. Like early, late '98, early '99, he was over, <laughs> even though he was like technically a heel. I think I don't know. It's pretty funny though. But um, you know, uh, who else was in? The, yeah, Owen Hart even joined the Nation, and oh, here's one person that did get completely buried. Uh, Ahmed Johnson. He just completely vanished, which sucked. But um, you know, I mean, he was a good wrestler. I liked him. And, um, it was cool to see, like, big dudes, strong-looking dudes in the, in the, you know, competing. Um, also, um, you guys like Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman, who were, and Al Snow, who were legit, like, fighters or whatever, you know, they were in the UFC or whatever. I don't know if Al was in U- was he in UFC? I think so. I, I, I can't remember. I think Steve Blackman and Al Snow were, like, friends or something. I don't know. But, um... I know Al Snow trains wrestlers now in developmental, which is cool. Um, so obviously he knows his shit. <laughs> Otherwise he wouldn't be training wrestlers, you know. Um, but you know, it's oh uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Albert. Yeah, he does that too. I th- well, I don't know if he does it anymore, but 
Yeah, uh, TNA, Test and Audible were a great tag team. I used to love watching them compete. I mean, they were technically like low to mid-card, but you know, they got a lot of TV time, and I really like watching Test. Test was such an underrated wrestler. Um, he had a lot of strength. I mean, I've seen him lift Viscera and Power Slamming, which is pretty impressive. Um, I've, I've heard JR comment on the strength of Test when he lifted up the camera boom arm with um, Shane McMahon hanging, dangling from it after he fell. Um, fucking, oh my god. Okay, so Backlash 2001, you know, the whole Shane McMahon thing where he would take these huge dives and it, oh my god, the Jeff Hardy's, there's so much stuff! There's so much to talk about, I could go on and on. The SummerSlam thing in 2000 with the ladder matches was absolutely insane. Um, the Hardy Boys, the uh, Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian, the, the, the matches they used to have were just absolutely batshit. I mean, Jeff Hardy jumping at least 10 feet in the air, you know, straight onto a table, and, oh man, it was so cool. It, basically, what these guys were doing was just taking what Mick Foley did with, in the Hell in the Soul, with the Hell in the Soul, um, and just, you know, just trying to be, just be a little more, bit more crazy with it, but do it in a way that, you know, was safe. Well, as safe as it could be doing a moonsault onto a table, you know, <laughs> it's just, just, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it, I really like, you know, the, the huge falls that people used to take, like with Shane McMahon at Backlash 2001, where he jumped literally, I'd say roughly 50 feet onto like, onto, and landed on top of Big Show or whatever, and literally cracked the ground underneath him with the impact. Yeah, that stuff was insane to watch. And then um, Testa lifted up the camera arm and so that Shane would be the last man standing and he won the match, which is hilarious. Shane McMahon, the giant killer. That was hilarious, that whole giant killer gimmick that Shane had where he would read out like the fairy tale thing. Where the <laughs> uh, you know, it's just the little things like that that all add up into such a, a, an, an amazing experience, you know, and it's just something I really miss. So, yeah, I, I do feel like the Attitude Era definitely helped the company. And, um, I mean, like, the f when ECW invaded uh, WWF for the first time in, like, 97, somewhere in 97, I, I think uh, Paul Heyman was, like, one of the guys that told creative in WWF, like, look, you guys need to switch things up. So I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Heyman was the reason why the Attitude Era even became a thing. <laughs> I mean, man, Paul Heyman, man, he is a, he is a literal god, you know. He he's the reason why a lot of stuff happened, and he he, you know. I mean, it, it kind of sucks that ECW went the way it did, but went you know went down in flames the way it did. But I mean, Paul Heyman definitely helped a lot of people make a lot of money, you know, and um, you know, it's just he he he's. Probably one of the, the one of the, the more influential figures in wrestling, um, you know, the ECW was basically coming out with this insane product. All these wrestlers were like had these really aggressive attitudes, and I'm pretty sure Vince said looked at it and and was like, "Hey, let's just uh, amp it up a little bit, bring some ECW talent into the roster, and try and bring out the tables and do what they do." and Lord and behold, you know, the the hardcore matches in, in the Attitude Era were some of the best matches <laughs> ever. 
Um, the, the stuff with fucking those hardcore matches that uh, Crash Holly used to have in 2000 that was just so entertaining. Um, like the the uh, street fights and all that, and the uh, the stuff that uh, the cact- when ta- Cactus Jack uh, debuted with and Paul dr- drove um, Triple H through a table. It was amazing to see that. Um, you know, but yeah, Paul Heyman definitely uh was a very important uh you know influence on the company at the time. So yeah. So yeah, that's basically the gist of the Attitude Era. It was just a bunch of people, you know, just amping things up a little bit and just, you know, it, it was good fun. Uh, it's kind of sad that it's gone now, but I mean, hey, you know, it's, it's times have changed, unfortunately, and you know, we just have to accept that. But um, I mean, if the company decides to, you know, bring back the attitude, it might work. I don't know. Sponsors might get scared away, but the audiences might react to that in a positive way. Who knows? Anyway, that's uh, basically all the wrestling out of my system. Um, what else happened besides the World War fia- meme fiasco? <laughs> Nothing much. Um, oh yeah, I managed to get in contact with Mark a couple of days ago, which is good. Glad to know he's not dead. Um, we might revive our podcast, who knows? Give it a couple of uh, weeks. Um, when did I talk? last talk to him. Yeah, Saturday, on Saturday, so it was like, two days ago, yeah, we just talked about computers for a bit, and water cooling, and honestly, I don't know if water cooling is worth it for my system, worth it for my system, I'm better off just getting a Noctua, like something like a, uh, like an NHU-12A, like it's really good for, um, these, for overclocking a, uh, knife gen CPU like mine, so, you know. I think the cooler I have right now is only meant for a fourth gen. I'm not sure. Probably why I'm getting heat issues. But anyway, um, I'll mess around with that. I wanted to reinstall the water cooler that I had laying around here that I just grabbed online. But I might hold on for that for now because I don't like the idea of leakage, you know. Because, you know, when, when water cooling fails, it fails catastrophically. When an air cooler fails, the worst thing that can happen is your computer turns off because CPU gets too hot, you know? <laughs> um, water cooling, you got shit water on your motherboard and it basically just kills the entire MOBO, which is not fun. But yeah, you know. Anyway, uh, that's basically it. I just caught up with Mark. Um, my mum's been in the hospital for a while though, which is unfortunate. Um, she has a giant hole in her foot and they had to uh, fix that up. Diabetes basically just made it just rot away, which sucked. But uh, hey, uh, she's been in there for about four days now, I think. Actually, maybe longer than that. Uh, I think it was Friday she went in the hospital, so it was like how many days is that? Saturday, Sunday, three days, just about. Yeah, so you know. Um. But yeah, you know, that's pretty much it. Attitude Era, in a, in a nutshell. Uh, the rabbit hole goes much deeper. 
Like some of the um, storylines are pretty uh, outrageously <laughs> dark, but um, you know, like the whole Undertaker thing, like uh with Stephanie McMahon. Oh Jesus! <laughs> it's really, uh, really out there. But yeah, wrestling is well, it was really cool, and somewhat still is, in my opinion. I like it. But, um, hopefully, um, WWE stops fucking around and, you know, steps their game up again. Maybe. We'll have to see. Anyway, guys, that's, I'm pretty much done talking for today. Um, I've got some other topics I want to dedicate podcasts to, so stay tuned for that. But, um, that's just basically the general, my general feelings about wrestling. Uh, it's always been with me, you know. Nostalgia is a very powerful thing, you know, you grow up watching something, you kind of just want to keep on following it, you know, and as much as I don't like new WWE stuff, I try to at least occasionally revisit it, you know, whenever I can, so, you know. Anyway, guys, that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, if you guys didn't notice, I've adjusted my gains on my mic, so my levels are a little bit quieter. Uh, if you guys, you guys should let me know if you like it or not. Um, it's a little bit less ear rapey, which is good. Um, so, you know, I might boost it a little bit in the next episode if I don't like it, how quiet it is, but we'll have to see. Anyway, guys, I'm pretty much done. Uh, thanks for watching and listening, and I'll see you guys later. Take care.